0: Hello and welcome to our ongoing series on Romans. Today I'm going to pick up at just at the end of chapter 3. The message this last Sunday took us through Romans 1 and 2 and part of chapter 3. And so I want to pick up in chapter 3 and uh, you can listen to the message um, if you are so inclined. Um, After Paul has described God's response to the hopelessness of the human situation under sin, Both Gentiles and Jews under sin so that neither one of them is righteous or living up to the glory of God. Paul tells us the gospel that God has put forward his son as a propitiation, as a sacrifice that makes peace and turns away the wrath of God. So that through faith in Jesus, through faith in his blood, we are given the gift of Free righteousness by faith, by trusting. We are declared righteous by faith in Christ, who is our redemption and has made peace through his sacrifice, both Jew and Gentile together, gaining righteousness through faith in Christ. And this is the heart of the gospel and the heart of the message of Romans that we get right and we get peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ and everything else springs from this massive awesome work of God on the cross and so Paul is going to then take up a major issue because Paul is a Jew and he's writing to um, Jews in Rome and he needs to start pulling together how God has worked in the law and through the law and over the law and against the law Um, In bringing everything to this place where it's through Jesus Christ alone and faith in him alone that makes us right with God. And so he needs to start addressing um, what God has been doing in history, in the Old Testament scriptures and in the law, and start bringing together a uh, theology, a way of looking at God, the right way of understanding how God has been working that brings us together in faith in Christ by faith alone and without any works of the law. And so um, Paul starts saying this in verse 27. He says, what, has be- "What Then what becomes of our boasting in light of the cross, in light of God's grace through faith? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? So a law of earning salvation or earning righteousness with God? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of the Jews only? Or is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of the Gentiles also, since God is one. He will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. What is going on here, Paul? This is a place I think um, in my earlier days I could often get lost. Why are we talking about this all of a sudden? And uh, still, you know, Romans is a book that I'm continuing to grow in my understanding in. And so there's a few things coming together here that Paul wants to talk about and address and bring up. The first is this issue of boasting. In Romans chapter 1, the second half of it is devoted to talking about the effects of sin in humanity, that we have sinned against God, that we have um, tried to suppress the truth of God through our unrighteousness, and God has responded by um, wrath, which specifically is spelled out as handing us over to our sins, so that our we lust in impurity, we dishonor our bodies, and we have depraved minds, so that we cannot know God, and we cannot think straight. And what humanity has done usually is to respond to this situation by seeking a kind of self-righteousness, a kind of boasting. So the Gentiles would just say, well, I can do this thing which isn't bad, and so I avoid those sins, and so I judge you for your sins, and but I don't judge myself for my sins. And Paul calls that a, a kind of hypocrisy. If you judge somebody else for the same things you do, you're you're not any better off. Or there's kind of like a uh, a law-based boasting where um, the Jewish people said, yeah, well, we've got the law, so we're not like pagans. We we know God through the law, and we've got circumcision, and we don't rob temples. We've got the Ten Commandments. And Paul undercuts both of them by saying, um, the Gentiles are hypocrites when we judge because we sin the same way that we judge people who sin, and so we're just inviting God's further judgment. And... The Jews themselves are still under sin. The law has not removed the sin. All it can do is point out the sin, and it doesn't rescue from sin. All it can do is condemn. And so he's saying the Jews and the Gentiles are on an equal footing in that sense that um they they're both under sin and need rescue by faith and so this kind of boasting whether it's it's a kind of comparison either way it's a comparison um it's it doesn't work because of the power of sin in our lives and now he says because god has chosen to save us by grace by free gift by faith in jesus boasting is excluded whether it's gentile boasting or whether it's jewish boasting all boasting all looking to works of the law Um, looking to human performance to jockey for position or try to be righteous by God or to um, attain his glory is excluded because the only way to be right with God is by faith. And so that leads to the question, well, is the law a waste of time? Is it just a mess? And so Paul is going to say, no, we're not overturning the law by faith. We're fulfilling it. And so this is what chapter four is all about: is this explanation, the beginning of the explanation of how faith in Christ does not overturn the law. The first thing he does is he starts talking about Abraham. Um, if you read the Old Testament, there are three people who are kind of the most important people in the Old Testament. Not because they themselves are the most important, but because of what God did through them through His grace. And these three people are Abraham, Moses, and David. Abraham is, has the promise that God is going to make a nation out of him and bless the world through him. Moses brings the law, the rescue first the rescue of Israel out of Egypt and also the giving of the law at Sinai and throughout their wanderings. And David receives the promise that one of his um, children will be the Messiah, which will sit on the eternal throne of Israel. So these three people kind of stand for the three huge um, covenants or the three huge promises that God made to the people. um, They weren't the people of Israel with Abraham, but to his people, which culminated in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the son of Abraham. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law of Moses, and Jesus is the the son of David, who is uh, reigning in power, who is the true Messiah. And Paul mentioned that thing, that, that Christ is the son of David, right in the beginning of his letter. So, what about the law? what does the law say about faith? And so he starts by talking about Abraham, who is in the law. He's in the Pentateuch. He's in the five books of Moses. And what Paul is saying here is because Abraham came before the law, um, he, he sets the stage for whatever happened with the law. And what he's going to say is this. He's going to say that Abraham was justified by faith in God before any law came, before there was circumcision, which is a law. uh, Before that happened, Abraham was right with God by faith. So we have this. verse Chapter 4. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham or forefather according to the flesh? First, Abraham was justified by works. He has something to boast about, but not before God. So he can boast in front of people, but nobody can really boast before God because God is awesome and he's the best and he's the giver of all good things. So you cannot actually boast against him or in front of him for what does the scripture say? It says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. So this is Paul's main quote, going back to when God promised to give Abraham a seed through Sarah that will be his offspring, and that's going to be the nation that's formed out of him. And scripture says that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. He became righteous by believing in the promise of God. And Paul makes a lot of work of that. He says, this is um, scripture revealing to us how people are right with God by trusting in his word, by trusting in his promises. This is how we get right with God. And then he goes on to say that this was before circumcision. He says in verse 10, How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he was circumcised? It was not after but before he was circumcised. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still circumcised. So this is... Um, Paul saying, I am not contradicting the Old Testament scriptures by preaching righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ, because the Pentateuch itself, the start of the promise, the, the people of God were born out of Abraham, and Abraham himself was right with God by faith in the promises of God. All right, so this is Paul's, the beginning of his defense that he is not overturning the law. He's saying, All of the law, all of the Pentateuch that came through Moses, um, the context was that God had already demonstrated that people are righteous with him through faith. So everything that comes after that, the circumcision or whatever, is just part of The life, So the circumcision was the seal of the righteousness he had by faith. Moses' law afterwards could not replace the fact that people are righteous with God through faith because that promise was already made and it was already believed. The law itself was not trying to make people righteous by faith because it's a law. It was doing something different. So this is his argument here. Don't try to make the law something that we do in order to be righteous with God the basis of our righteousness with God, which is really just about us boasting because we see in the law it testifying itself. It was Abraham was righteous by faith. If you want to be a true child of Abraham, you need to get righteous by faith and not by any kinds of works. And that is the main argument of this entire chapter of chapter four, um, Paul's gospel is not overturning the Old Testament and not overturning the law because look at what God was doing in Abraham. And Abraham was uh, one of the three most important people of the Old Testament as far as what God promised to do through them and really was the fountainhead for all the people of God. God saying, I'm going to make many nations out of you. And Abraham believed that promise and was righteous by faith. And all of everybody who believes in God and is righteous by faith, is a true child of Abraham. Whether a physical seed, who is right with God by faith, or a Gentile brought in by faith is a spiritual child, but having that same faith Abraham did. So that's chapter 4, and this is Paul tying together how Jews and Gentiles live together, worship together, the one true people of God through faith in Jesus Christ, just like Abraham. Now, I can imagine someone saying to me, why does all this matter? You know, it's great that you figure this stuff out, Rob, and it's great that this is in there, but um, why does this even matter? Okay, it kind of just sounds like a bunch of talking for talking's sake. Maybe that's not you, but I can imagine somebody doing something like that. so let me just say why this is important okay this is important for a lot of reasons and I think it was important to Paul the the letter of Romans isn't actually that long for all the stuff Paul talks about and so everything he brings up is really important number one uh, God is trying to create one unified people in Christ and so it's important to Paul to deal with as many issues about disunity that he can in here and so he anticipates that people are going to use the law in the old testament to keep divisions in the body of christ and so he wants to go after that in order to give the best foundation for unity in there number two he wants to show that god is dependable because if somebody gets it into their head that one minute he's doing something through Moses and the next minute he's doing something through Abraham and then the next minute it's something with David and the next minute he's junked it all and he's doing something with this Jesus guy and who knows what God is going to do next. Maybe it'll be a Joseph Smith or whoever started Jehovah's Witnesses and you know every five minutes God's doing something new. It could be a real slander against God and a real source of us questioning whether or not we should have faith in God. And this comes up in chapters 9, 10, and 11 in a big way about God's dependability and his faithfulness to his word and how God is working in the world. But in chapter 4, Paul is trying to say, um, we can depend on being justified by faith because God has been doing this all along. He's not going to show up a 100 years from now and say, now you have to do something different. Paul's saying this promise of righteousness by faith is what God has been doing since Abraham. And I think you could say that this is how God works in general. You know, you could unpack it. That's why there's this little quotation from David's psalm where where David is singing about the, the blessings of being forgiven by God because he's saying David knew this too David knew that his blessedness didn't come from um, most fundamentally from his adherence to anything you know any law it was that he was blessed because God chose to forgive him David had a faith relationship with God and God forgave his sins through it and you can think especially the story of David and Bathsheba where David sins terribly and even as Nathan is exposing his sin as soon as David says I've done I've I've, I've sinned, David said, your sin is put away. Well, how is that sin just put away? David deserved to die, but God had forgiven him. Yeah, there were consequences, but God had forgiven him because David lived by faith in God. And God, in one sense, you know, for. Bared that sin, he didn't deal with it until the cross, and I think that that is the kind of thing that Paul is talking about in Romans chapter three when he says that God, um, God was just in crucifying Jesus because he had forbear- because he, de- he had not dealt with previous sins until the cross. It's like he saved up David's punishment until Jesus, and then Jesus died for even David's sin because David was living by faith. And so it is so important to Paul and for us, for how we do life, that we know that for thousands of years, God has been justifying the ungodly who have come to him by faith so that when we wake up tomorrow, we can say, I believe in the promise that Jesus Christ died for my sins and that... He's going to take me to heaven. He's going to be with me every day. I believe in that promise. And now I am again reaffirmed in my righteousness before God, just like Abraham was, and David, and the apostles, and every Christian who's a true Christian, a believing Christian, since Jesus rose from the grave until now. I'm no different. This is what God has been doing, justifying people by faith for thousands of years. And this is not going to change. Whatever else is going on, whoever I get discipled, however God leads me and calls me, and as I grow in godliness and I'm transformed like Jesus from Abraham onwards, it has been righteousness through faith. And this is a huge deal for our ongoing life. And so this is why this kind, this kind of argument and debate, which kind of seems technical, sometimes is super important. Paul is making the point for us all that we can continue to trust in the gift of righteousness because this has, is what God has been doing. With whatever else is going on, and Moses and David and the promises and the law, whatever else is going on, God has been making, declaring righteous people who have come to him through faith ever since Abraham. And so we can trust that today and tomorrow the case is the same. And this will never change. So this is part of Paul talking in a way, Scripture talking in a way, to build up our confidence and give us even more stuff to worship God about God. For thousands of years, you have been this gracious, justifying faith God. Thank you so much that you're my God and you do the same thing for me. And I get to be a child of Abraham and I get to receive all the promises that you promised him through faith in Jesus Christ. This is great and wonderful. Let me serve you well today. Amen.